talking with words. Welcome back to Talking with Words. You're here with Rob, Sally, Aaron, Adam, and Ryan. And it is Aaron's birthday. Hey, you're going to die soon. Tsunami. (laughs) Feeling 43 today. (laughs) Feeling California? Wait till you almost. Or are you feeling Minnesota? Eh, for Minnesota. Tonight, I've been saving this movie because Aaron knows more about this than anyone else I've ever met. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna stick with that. I think that's fair. Yeah, you know? it is fair. Yeah, we're gonna watch Return of the Living Dead from 1985. Yes. And if you have not heard of this delightful film, that is one of Sally's favorites. It's described as when two bumbling employees at a medical supply warehouse accidentally ash. He's done. All right, fair enough. When two bump, you fuck. When two bumbling employees at a medical supply warehouse accidentally release a deadly gas into the air, the vapors cause the dead to rise again as zombies. There are a lot of origins of zombie tropes in this movie that we're going to get into after. But for now, let's start with uh, Aaron. Tell us uh, some of the stars that are in this. Absolutely. We've got uh, Clue Gulager, who is... Very famous for horror movies, being the uh, the dad in Nightmare on Elm Street 2. We have James Karen, who plays Frank, who is one of the uh, employees at the uh, medical supply Two company. Two first names, one male, one female. No, one female. You have Don Kalfa, who plays Ernie. Ernie is uh, the mortician slash guy who runs the... Crematoria. Crematorium. Let's pick it up a little bit, bud. Tom Matthews, who's Freddy. There you go. Beverly Randolph as Tina, and then John Philbin and as Chuck, and Jewel Shepard as Casey. There but you go. We get a special appearance by Miguel Nunez. And who Old directed favorite. this? Dan O'Bannon. Dan who O'Bannon. his his wife is in this, which we will talk about Ooh. later. His his wife at the time is in this. We'll talk about later. We need a parents guide. Sally, would you treat us with your parents guide stuffs? Of course, I will, Rob. Thanks. Sex and nudity is moderate. So I really don't like how they do this new parents guide. Violence and gore is severe. Profanity is severe. Alcohol, drugs, and smoking is only mild. And frightening intense scenes is moderate. What is? Frightening intense scenes are moderate? Why? It's from 1985. Nothing scary in 1985. Yeah, but IMDb didn't. I know, but now they're smart, and they know that in 1985, it's not very scary. So, it's moderate. All right, you stick around and watch it, and you tell me if you think that's correct. Yeah. No. It looks really stupid. All right. Is that the end of your piece? Anything you want to Yeah, because I'm not going to read any trivia. Thank you. You just are looking for a fight all the time, aren't you? All the time. (laughs) Fucking. Does that sound like I could be in the movie? No. Like a praying mantis that fucks up mic noises anyone want to add anything ryan you've seen this before yep it's been a while but yeah chris have you seen this oh yeah we kicked him out never mind we'll see if he crawls back in later taylor oh no he went back down to shit that man Where's cam? cam oh let's do a special shout out to cam cam is in uh new york That's right, i believe and you know, his absence is felt. 
Let's have a moment of sil- silence for Cam. Cameron would hate this movie. That was not very silent. You just shit on Cam's silence. Cameron would hate this movie, but that's okay. Cameron, I know you're going to miss this one, so we're going to watch it later. All right. You guys ready to go? Yeah. Yep. Hey. All right. We'll be back. You know, the normal shit. was Return of Living Dead, and it was just as glorious as I remember. Oh, did everyone else leave? Oh, yeah. Hey. Yes, we're here. Chris? <laughs> now, Wonderful movie. We, we've already seen this, and we love the hell out of it. So we're going to get a little deeper into this, that's what she said, than usual. But let's just take it from the top with... The uh, explaining the job to young Freddie, Tom Matthews, Tom, Aaron, yes. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be looking to you for actor names and the deep trivia stuff that you know. Absolutely. So we got. Uh, so what would be? A well, let's good- let's start with. It starts off with them. Uh, who's the who's the old man, uh, Freddie's boss? James Frank. Karen. Frank. Yeah, Frank. James Karen. James Karen is Frank, and it literally starts off with him explaining the skeletons because they work in a medical supply warehouse, and it's the this the, their PTM or PTF. Yeah, you need a medical supply. Yeah, I have the paperweight over here that Wanger is holding. Yeah, you need it. We got it. And then it also says none larger. <laughs> yeah, you got to admit you need a <laughs> medical supply, right? Which I, is you, which is what in 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 this film universe, it's right across the street from the crematoria. Yeah, <laughs> from the funeral parlor, and which is also right next to the cemetery. Yes, yeah. I mean from birth to death, it totally is. It's your one stop shop, one big for, step. So so real quick, real quick, before we jump like too far into the 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 gist, when's the first time you guys saw this movie? I saw it very late. Uh, I think Aaron showed it to me like fifteen years ago. I would say, yeah, it something like that. That's about right. Yes, yes, because uh, I had brought it over. We it, well, we watched it again during quarantine. Yep, and did exactly what we did tonight, where we talked through the entire movie. Yes, yes. Which is acceptable. But I hadn't seen it, and the first time I saw it, it was when I realized where Tarman was from, and I was like, holy shit, how have I not seen this film? Because yep. it's so glorious. Yeah. Yep. You also called out the faster-moving zombies. You yep, did. which yep. I, I think we've talked about, Ryan, before. Yeah. So I, I stand corrected. They're, I, I forgot that these guys run and actually function on some level. I mean, they were using tools and using they, chains to rip yeah. open doors and shit like that. Some so, mild critical thinking, nothing yeah. too crazy, but more than more just paramedics. 
you know, the the walkers or the those undead like sons that. of bitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're 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 undead, but yet they are cognizant enough to call in reinforcements yeah. and and to bring in more people. Uh, well, I think we'll find out later. No, you know, we'll, we'll dive into it later. But like people in pain, essentially, is what they come back as. Yeah. Uh, well, the rigor mortis thing they mentioned multiple times about the yeah. pain of feeling Being your body hurts. rotting yeah. in your yeah. Because you can't die when you're that. Yep. And so, the only thing that can bring that pain, you know, down is brains. Yeah. Because you can brains. get memories. So, oh. so if you have not seen this movie, uh, listeners out there, you know, if you're a fan of like Walking Dead or or you have preconceived notions of Return of the Living Dead, Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, all that kind of stuff, these zombies are a little bit different. And, and in some of those instances, this movie came out in 1985. So this was kind of a precursor to a lot of the, I, I would like to call them advanced zombies from what you see in classic stories. Yeah. And uh, they were also the first ones that wanted brains. Yeah. When and you hear the brains thing. Yes. This is the first instance, I feel like, personally, when, when yeah, when they yell brains. Yeah. Uh, this is where you get that trope from. Um I saw this movie back in the 90s. That's what I was going to ask, when you and, guys saw it. And Aaron, I think you around the same time, early, or, or 80s, 90s. And, and it was, it was, it was in the 80s. Uh, it was on HBO, late night. I was only about eight or nine years old. Yeah. And they had this movie, and then the movie playing after it was Halloween 2. But I distinctly remember seeing that zombie on the table, talking to them about, brains yeah. and it really messed with me a little bit it really did but when you're that young you know you have a tendency to you know be taken back a little bit but yeah this was one of the first zombie movies that i had actually seen on cable late night so that was also a great effect yeah yes that that one that was strapped to the gurney yeah it really good animatronics like the special effects on that fantastic uh, when I saw this, I, I, I was already a horror movie fan when I watched this as a kid. And I think we were talking about earlier is like I had seen quite a few horror movies, but there was something about that zombie stuck in the canister, like in the barrel. Oh, the face. Yeah. And then whenever they crack it and, and, and it starts melting, just scared the fuck out of me when I was yeah. probably, like Aaron said, like eight, nine years old. And probably in every subsequent viewing, I, I laugh at myself I'm like, why the fuck was I so scared of that? When well, I was it's kid? it's it's like Pennywise, right. the old the old eighties. I mean, Tim Curry obviously crushed it. Yeah, but you look at it now as an adult, and you're like, yeah, yeah. But that I mean the the Tar Man because that's who Tar Man is. That's the the breaking point where they you know they run the the big scroll in Return of the Living Dead, and you have that melting face. I mean, that's badass. Yeah, great, and and. Everybody out there listening, you know this. This predates any digital effects. These were all, yeah, practical. These were all in camera. These were all. I, I don't even know if they knew what post production was at the time, uh, other than like ADR. But yeah, like all those visual effects were were done within. And we even joked about there were a lot of them in where it was kind of like one take. Like I think Ryan, you said like the guy like cutting off his his pant leg or whatever yeah. when he got scratched. It was like. Well, he only had one take to do that, and they fucking nailed it. So, how many, how many pair of velour pants does that guy have on set? <laughs> With this budget, a lot. <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, I mean, this was the golden age of 
practical effects too. I mean, this was you it had was, like yes. the Mick Garrises, you had the Tom Savinis. This was when they became famous for what they do. And, you know, you go from the late 70s all the way up through the 90s because CGI back then, it got better and better like all technology does, but it still looked like shit if you didn't do it correctly and you used it too much. Go back and look at any heavily CGI'd movie back, uh, let's say, Battlefield Earth, shall we? No, I'll, I'll do you one better. Ooh. Lawnmower Man. Oh, yeah. that oh, was that was the screensaver yeah, of of digital effects. There, that's, yeah. I, to me, that's like is. the uh, as a child of the eighties and nineties, you you watch the Lawnmower Man, and that is like the one that was like touted as amazing. You know, cinematography with this. It's just the maze of pipes. Beautiful. Yes. Three, you know, <laughs> that was computer that was that effects. For, it was. It that sucked. was that first, that was that first, you know, glimpse of VR mixed in with a movie that had some kind of idea of what VR versus your reality can mix together. Because once they put those VR, you know, glasses on, boom, that became the reality of it. But they didn't know the difference because of how it was being projected through. Those VR glasses. Fun offshoot of that. Stephen King sued to get his name taken off of that yes, because his short story had nothing to do nothing. with that. And then he said he watched the movie later and was like, movie was okay, but I don't want my name on it. It had nothing to do with the short story. He's got like a 14-page short where this guy literally is a lawnmower man, a groundskeeper, if you will, at a house and just murders the family with a lawnmower. The end. And let's turn it into a Hollywood feature. Yeah, exactly. With Pierce Brosnan, yeah. future James Bond. But that has nothing Go to do figure. with Return of the Living. It does not. But <laughs> Oh, is that what we watched tonight? Yes. I think it yes. might have been. Yeah. <laughs> Those no, perfect teeth, male and females? Yeah. Yes. No CG in this movie, fellas. No CG. So so getting back real quick, you know, I know we were talking about effects. One one on like a, a huge note that I had on this uh, as we were watching it, and and I love when you watch this film, you are instantly immersed into it. You have no pretense. You have no reason to be. But the set design alone in this, uh, the front office, Rob was talking about like the, the medical supply shop. Yeah. Like we, we said it was next to the crematoria. If you watch this film, th- this film has that very lived-in feel, like the office situation. It's got the wood paneling. It's got shelves in the background. Well, and it's, all this shit it's, it's in got, the background. Yeah, it's got the binders sitting on shelves. It's got like you the, the calendar with the naked chick on it. Yeah, you yeah, got the, there, the there's chicken. all the way down to the popcorn that they're you know sprinkling into yeah, the you know, there, to the crate. Y'all, there's there's a bowling trophy that's like in yeah. the background, and it just feels like whoever. I think we even saw like the set designer in the credits. I I, I don't know her name. These are those things where you. It just films from the eighties feel so lived in a lot of times. Yeah. And this is just one of those where it was like, okay, was this a set or was this really just a medical supply office? Just some random warehouse where they stored shit, which to that point, I I'm pretty sure I've said it before. That's the biggest caveat I had with the, the original star Wars versus the, Episodes sure. one, two, and three. When you go back and look at those, I think Shay and I watched them all the way up to Force Awakens. And one, two, and three, it's 
CGI. It's very clean. There's not any junk in the background. You it's go polished. back, you go back and watch that uh, Jabba the Hut sequence in episode uh, six. There is shit everywhere. It looks like it's. It looks like this room. The my. By the way, I'm a dirty son of a bitch. It is controlled chaos. Truth. But if you walk in here, you're like, what serial killer is lurking around up here? I have shit everywhere. And that's the like that's my example usually I give people is the difference between those two. In Absolutely. The, in the morning sunlight, if you were in here and you slapped really hard on the cushion on Rob's couch, you would see those little dust flecks. In the sun rays. Like, that's that's the room we're in right now, ladies So, one of the set designers worked on Reservoir Dogs. And so, with that factory setting that we see, Reservoir Dogs, absolutely. Another factory. There you go. Yeah. I think there is a lot of nuance between the two when you see it. So, so setting aside, what's what's the catalyst for this movie? What 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 happens to get us there? Well, and that's... That's kind of what I want to start off on because yeah. if you don't know, the original Night of Living Dead was George Romero and it, Dan O'Bannon. No, Dan O'Bannon. Dan no, O'Bannon. It's, it's no, not, it's, not, it's not Dan O'Bannon. Dan O'Bannon got the, the, got the rights to direct this. I'm trying to remember. It's the writer. It's the other writer. They split the rights and to, to the book. George was able to keep the dead part of it. So you had Night of Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Land of the Dead, and then uh, John Russo. Russo, that's it. Yep. Russo Got was able to do the sequel type dead. things, yeah. the living dead part. And they split ways because Romero wanted to do the political take on society at that time. And it evolved, obviously, throughout the different movies, if the you polit- watch them. Political, social issues. Yeah. You know. yep. And then Russo wanted to make insane zombie movies. And they both, in my mind, succeeded very well. At least for a minute. Return of the Living Dead 2 is almost the same movie as this. And then once you get past that, it gets real weird. Yeah, and I think I think after he got those like split rights, I want to say Toby Hooper was attached actually to this, this project for a hot minute. I think I read that in an article the other day when we talked about watching this film. Yeah. And that got cycled in. And I think he actually left the project to go work on Life Force. That would make sense. That, that Toby that Hooper is, film, yes, yeah, that and is then correct. and that's when O'Banion, uh, O'Banion got it, and I think there were even like some either cease and desist or just some uh, issues with. There's a bunch of legal Rom- stuff. Romero's issues, and that's when they basically rewrote the whole thing, yeah, to be a punk, like kick-ass heavy metal kind of movie. At right. That point to, to further separate from. Dawn of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead, and, and that whole kind of like sub-series over there. Yeah, where Romero went and did the news cycle, how people in, interpret information with Dawn of the Dead. This went the complete opposite. It's a, it's a fun popcorn, insane punk thing. It, to- totally different genre of characters and settings. Uh, well, this was the rock and roll version, man. It was. Yeah. It this was. Is... It was the rock and roll version. It was almost the MTV version, if you will, of the zombie movie, in a way that just it carried that genre forward in a way that you hadn't never seen before. You're mixing hard rock punk with zombies. You're making zombies much more chic. 
Well, this if you will. This was this was a chic zombie. Chic zombie. Zom chic. Well, this was like if you if you look back in and and those of us that are you know grew up in that time, if you look back and you were to say, all right, what think of a film or or a couple of films where when you think of like eighties punks, you know, or or seventies eighties nineties like like the punk like that kind of like what what does that kind of feel like? To me, it's the Warriors, you know. Uh, What's well, that John Carpenter vibe? And and it's Carpenter with the, like the pop punk, like after Sex Pistols, after Ramones. Yes, exactly. It was it was the poppy punk. Yes, which is what they're doing with punk this. electronica almost. And, the, yeah. right? and it's, it's, it's are you just it's making shit up as we go along? <laughs> yeah, because I mean, if you it. are, you should copyright that immediately. But it's it's right. this, and then it's like Class of Newcomb High. You know, oh. that, the like, trauma films, like those yes. trauma films, yeah. Yes. Ryan's like, like that. I love right now. I love Lloyd Kaufman films. They're great. Oh, yeah, dude. Lloyd is so good. Yes, but also like when I hear this soundtrack, it's eighties fun horror movies. Oh yeah, that's that's what you think of immediately. It's like a slightly electronic John Carpenter type. Yeah, I mean with John Carpenter, you have a slightly different vibe. Uh, I mean, especially like in the mouth of madness, it has that almost rock yeah. guitar piece to it. This is taking that John Carpenter piece, adding pop rung pop what pop punk into it. Yeah, and then when you're watching it, you have the dude with the chain on his staple to his face, and you got the yeah. oh she's taking her clothes off again. Get the lights, like that kind of shit, and it's fun. It's not supposed to be scary. Heavy, You're, hardcore. Yes. Yeah. 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 Suspenseful. It's and, not supposed to be taken seriously and, at and that the, point, right? The thing is, yeah. is at that time, marrying those things together might have been a risk, but they fucking nailed it. Oh, yeah. It paid off. Yeah. For it, sure. And and that's why this movie, that's one of the many reasons why this movie is continually rewatchable through the yeah. years. And at the same time, you had the birth of like Evil Dead 2, which you had the horror comedies start to make a bigger impact across the, the cinematic universe and now it's just something we know like we just did renfield which is a <laughs> phenomenal horror comedy Great. those wouldn't exist without someone taking that first step like this and be like you can have fun as long as you you do it small bits and it's going to be tongue-in-cheek right yeah. in those in those spots you can't right. have it all horror and you can't have it all comedy yep. But you can't do lean one way or the other too hard, which just got to sprinkle it in there randomly. Yeah, a little absolutely. Little sprinkle. Well, there, and there does there has to be a fine line. And we're in those years right now, like when we were talking about like in the the heavy metal horror. You know, this is what eighty four, eighty five, and we had what Nightmare Three was our was the 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 Doc and Freddy, and then we had I think um, was was in this time frame we had Jason Part Six. Was also in this this time frame. Is it maybe, that maybe the was year that after late? six? Yeah, damn. But that was that like fun. It was that more fun aesthetic, right? Um, you had young was, people. You did trying to fight the entity as opposed to rebel. But adding yeah. that rock element, you know, into horror was very. It was very popular at that point in time because it kind of helped you tell that story. Right? Yeah, it helped you tell. Well, set that the vibe. Story. It does. It well, like we said, does. like right after this, you had trick or treat. You had like all those rage against the system, horror, comedy, rock and roll, action kind of things coming out. Yep. 
you had a almost an anarchy, you know, an anarchy vibe to what you know what was going on at that point. Anarchy and, uh, in the U.S. Yeah, I was gonna say it goes back to the punk, but yeah, it does. Yeah. Hey, let's talk. Uh, this movie we watched about this movie. I mean, I, I like this discussion because it's a very valid point on where the turn was. It's like music in general, where you went from, you know, metal, then you got rap, then you got pop, all that kind of thing. It's the same thing with these movies, especially more than anything else, probably the horror genre. There's so much fun in this movie that we need to talk about all the goofy shit that happens. And I'm going to let Aaron start us off in the warehouse. Oh, the warehouse is, it does. It starts with complete goofy shit and when you see a half cut and half dog panting on the ground because of how the gas had expelled you know between uh, the main characters and then throughout the whole you know warehouse to see a half you know a live dog on the ground panting oh my god that immediately sets the tone for what is going to happen next because one of the guys kicks that dog over on its side and you can see the other half of it and everyone who has not seen this movie i'm just going to warn you now it might startle you a little bit but there are some yeah, interesting things that you see when that dog is kicked over but that tells that sets the tone right he's very yeah. moist yeah. inside so, so when when in that warehouse after they open. So that, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Let's, let's go to the opening yeah, of, of the, let's, let's talk about that real quick. We, we talked about how it was the scary point for you. This is in a universe where the night of the living dead movie is out of movie theaters. They have seen the night of the living dead and the main guy, well, Frank, Frank is talking to Freddie, his new protege. And he says, you know, that, that movie's based on a real thing. You want to see him. And he takes him downstairs. They have this tank. He <laughs> sprays it with Windex so that we can see the face and uses an entire paper towel roll to clean the thing. But also, he says, you know, it's the what core of engineers of, what'd you say, Adam? It's, yeah, it's he strong. Was, he, it's the core of he's engineers. He's like, yeah, these are so strong, they're you know, they're built by the Navy Corps of Engineers, and he slaps the side of it, and the thing cracks open and that's expels the, the gas. That's your opening. That's, that's the 245 trioxin, you know, like the, the nasty gas that... that yep. Nailed it. The, 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 what do you call it? The reanimation gas yeah. or whatever. Straight into their face, too. I mean, there is no escape at that point. I mean, their heads are down. It is... I mean, it was, it was in their eyes, their mouth, their nose... They took a big old pearl necklace of yes, 245 tops. You, you knew they were done at that point and what's going to happen next. And then, it, and then it gets into the, the air ducts and stuff like that. And then, you know, some of the, I think Aaron had mentioned, like the, the there were some half dogs and dead critters and things in the, the, in the, the cadavers area. in the freezer. Yeah. yeah. The, well, I was going to say, yeah, let's get to that because you had the butterflies, like yeah. the peop, the things that were dead in the supply warehouse, we're coming back to life. And then the uh, boss man gets called in. Bert. Bert. Old Bert. I think we Luke Gallagher. <laughs> and yes. they have locked the freezer door where the live cadavers are, That they, or the 
sorry, the actual cadavers are that they used for ballistic testing, I think is what he said. He said they sent them to universities and the military for ballistic testing. Yeah. Also, all the skeletons <laughs> came from India for some reason. Yes. Because they have with, good teeth. With perfect teeth. With perfect teeth. Yes. And when Bert gets there, that's when you have your first run-in with the living dead. And it's a yellow naked man. <laughs> <laughs> he was speedy, too. And it was glorious. Super fast. And I love the fact, though, that they used a padlock on that door. And so... And Bird is calling it out to, you know, to Freddy. He's not going to open that shit. Exactly. And then finally he's four to the left, ten to the right, and then he clicks it. And then when he does and that door pops open, that zombie goes straight for Bert. That naked, yellow, hairless man who is alive. Hairless Joe Jackson just took off. (laughs) Holy smokes. I mean. He dicked Bert right in the chest. I mean. Well, he did. He put him straight to the ground. It was, it was fantastic. And then they 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 use a pickaxe and hit the undead guy in the head, and he's still wiggling. He's still moaning. And break the, out the bone saw. The guy goes. I mean, it worked in that movie. Yeah, <laughs> Fra- Frank's Frank's like in the movie. He's like hit him in the hit him in the head, and he yeah. buries that pickaxe in the brain, and it doesn't do shit. And that's when you know, oh, we're dealing with some different shit now. Yeah, this is this is not typical zombies. Uns- no. You put it in the back of your mind that it is possible they're unstoppable at that point. Well, I mean, especially after that when they, they get saw- that hacksaw out. Yeah, they sawed his head off, and he's still moving. They saw an arm off, and the arm's still yeah. attacking. Well, you got the headless naked guy running around yeah. knocking over uh, medical supplies, shit like that. It, it's just a great way to show you you're fucked yep. because once you realize oh we took the head off we hit it the brain we did we chopped the arm off and it's still going after him yeah that's not a great that's not a great thing no it's a bad sign yeah yeah this is one of the worst versions of zombie apocalypse other than like world war z or resident evil that you can get into probably because they can talk and reason and they won't fucking die Yep. I mean, those rabid weasels. Yeah, they're fast. Those rabid, rabid weasels. weasels. Well, that's the thing is then they go and talk to Ernie, the guy, the, 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 the coroner guy. Works at the crematorium. So before that, I want to talk about uh, trash? The, the, the punks. Well, I mean, we're going to get to trash in a minute because uh, we have to. Oh, trash is so good. But we have this random flash to Colonel Glover. Who is obviously husband of the year? Damn it, Ethel! Clearly, this this dude he enjoys good scotch and making fun of his wife. <laughs> comes and lamb in, chops. His wife's like, "I made you pork chops. I had pork chops for lunch, Ethel. God damn it! Just a huge piece of shit. And he's a piece of shit the entire time. I mean, he's only on the screen for like five minutes total. He goes to this big ass armoire." which has a 90,000 pound computer in it and it's state of the art for the night. The old school printer. Well, I mean, yeah, it was crisp, very crisp. And then, you know, after bitching at his wife for a while, decides to put on his jammies that have his embroidered fucking name on them and go to sleep. 
And then we don't see him for the rest of the movie until the very end. But watching it again and knowing he's going to pop back up, like, that's a really weird cutaway. You didn't need any of that. Especially him bitching at Ethel. It's true. I mean, especially when you pull up on a nice house like they did, right? That is That house establishing shot is probably, you know, very, very pimp for the setting, right? You got the tennis court on the side, you got the, the car pulling up and everything, and he is walking out of the car and everything, and he's like, good God, Ethel, what'd you fucking make for dinner? Oh, my God. All I you know is... You made that again? Ugh, that's trash. Give Ethel, me some bourbon. Ethel that's what clearly, I'm going to have for dinner. Ethel clearly did not clean that place to his satisfaction. She did not. He was totally upset with her. I mean, he'd already had a hard day at work putting up with a whole bunch of bullshit, Right. You know, government bullshit. And then he comes home to a piss poor dinner. And then he's got to figure out where those canisters went that, you know, that disappeared off the truck. Oh, my God. My my day sucks. <laughs> the my whole world's sucks. on my shoulders, Ethel. You got it. Then we, yeah, we have the, before we get to the uh, it, it Nazi. cuts over to Freddy's friends. We have the punks. Yeah. Yes. With yes. their sweet ass boombox, their badass outfits. Dope ass caddy. Yeah, yeah, but the windows don't roll up. Yeah, the windows he accidentally fucking busted them out. Whoops, a daisies. You had Roy Rage Bill. It's a it's a group of friends that that decide to just on a whim say fuck it because they're punks. That's what we do. We're gonna crank our tunes. We're gonna roll up into the Resurrection Cemetery. Resurrection Cemetery and go fucking party. Well, they we didn't they were waiting on Freddie. Yep, they, they were, were trying to get Freddie to yeah. come party after he got off work. Yeah, the and the, the whole time they're like, "Really, that douche got a job? Who gets a job?" The one, let's call her a square in that group. Tina was waiting on Freddie. She didn't quite fit the group. She didn't, but it's because she was Freddie's, you know, girlfriend is the reason why Freddie was they, part of the group. You know, Not kept her. yeah. She kind was of, I mean, kind she, of kept her. Around. She was there by default. Yeah, yeah. and Freddie yeah. fit right in. I mean, his Letterman jacket said "fuck you" on the back of it. So yeah, I thought it said "lucky you." No, I say fuck you? I thought it said fuck you. That's even better. Yeah. And he had an earring. Suspenders. An earring in the 80s. Yes, that means did. I hate my dad. And most religions back in the 80s. And I have a theory that I don't know if I believe or not. But Oh, channel your David. I'm assuming that Freddie got that job because little Tina was pregnant with little Freddie. And they all died together. Well, you're, you know... He did take a job at a medical supply company, technically. So that that holds that holds water. I didn't see any hangers in that medical supply. I didn't either. Warehouse. No. So they're going to do what God wants and have that baby, Unless no matter how work. dead it is. Yes. Or undead, I guess. Got to do God's work. Yes. I might have to cut some of that. I'm not sure. I'll think about it later. But they all go to the cemetery, listening to some sweet ass music, and that's where trash makes her herself really known who is played by Linnea Quigley who is also she was the wife of the was it the director uh she actually married uh Steve Johnson who did the special effects for Slimer in Ghostbusters that's right deep cut yeah and she at this point it was like her 19th nude role and she was like very comfortable with it so when they asked her to do it she was fine i think the only time that she was very uncomfortable when i was uh, watching her interviews was when the extras that were zombies went up and got her because she was pretty much naked 
And she's like, I don't know how handsy these extras are going to be. So I'm just going to drop to the floor as quick as possible. And I watched it for it this time. And she literally turtle shells it. She does. Once they grab her. Yes. Quickly. Yeah. Very, very quickly. Because there's about six of those dudes that just appeared yeah. quickly. Yep. And they're on her. Yep. And then she That's goes what she down. gets for running around naked. It's very true. You know, and she did have that monologue, you know, if, if you've ever. I was going to say, we little, need to yeah, talk the, about the, that. So did the other guy there. Yes. Do you ever, uh, what was it? Do you ever fantasize about being killed? Dying? Being yeah. ripped apart, eaten by, by old piece. men or something like that. Yep. Being Fitting. ripped apart, piece Every day, by lady. Piece. Every day. Anyway, she gets naked, starts dancing. Is that an Uncle Steve reference? <laughs> yeah, Uncle Steven uh, taught me that originally. Chocolate rain. So she's up there dancing, and this is about the same time that we have yellow naked man doing his thing over on the other side and they can't kill it. So they go, Oh yeah. Ernie's next door. His lights are on. Let's go see what that Nazi's doing. And they, I think Tina's the one who sees Freddie. Like, is that Freddie over there? Yeah. Hauling a, yeah. Carrying a, like carrying a, a you gurney. Know, looks kind like of a thing. body bag. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Bo- body bag. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Bagged body parts. And, Let's take a minute and talk about Ernie. This is, uh, he, he reminds me so much of Royal Julia. He's got the, like the sunken eyes yeah. and the, even just his mannerisms remind me of him. But when we meet him in the film, he is listening to Nazi propaganda on a Walkman and shoving a embalming needle into the chest of a man and just having a great time doing it. And sipping his nightly coffee. Yes, yes, he is. And working out that rigor mortis. Right? Indeed. You know? Got to move those elbows. You have to. And Don't we all? Freddie and Frank. 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 And Bert. And Bert. And yeah. Bert. Hey. Remember, Bert is a slave driver that was on the wall. Oh, And yes. he's a son of a bitch. Oh. And he's a son of a bitch. Yes. I had a note about the... Uh, the eye chart on the back. The eye chart, yes. For any of you listeners out there, if you go back and watch the movie, look at the wall that has writing on it that looks like an eye chart. You'll get a kick out of it. But for the it's viewers. In the office. <laughs> <laughs> and those viewers, too. They go in. He's listening to his Nazi propaganda. He can't hear him when they're yelling at him. And finally, Frank goes up and taps him on the shoulder, and he pulls out a Luger that he just randomly has on his hip. I guess all the time. Pearl handle too. Yeah, I, I did like that touch. Yeah, he's packing he, heat the whole time he's there with a. I mean, it is a nice leather yeah. strap. Like he's he's got a gunslinger. What the fuck are you wearing that daily for? Yeah, in your job. That's awesome. The way he had it holstered just looked uncomfortable. And it, it was an, down on his right hip, and it annoyed the, me because it was backwards. The handle pointing out, so you have to cross draw. Yeah, it's down a cross draw, almost your knee. It's the most ridiculous thing yeah. ever. It's so in the wild, wild too. west. Yeah. yeah. As low as it was, it should have been a normal draw. Yeah, because that that's not even that effective. It, it's not because when... You Nazis know, always keep it on their shooting side. Yeah. When when Bert comes through the door, I mean, he is so slow on the draw after he startles him, right? He is so slow on that draw that, yeah, that's you're not going to deter anything. 
Taylor, did you enjoy the Jew jokes in this movie? Oh, man, I guess he's still shitting. All right, we'll skip Taylor for now. Um, where the fuck are we? There, he's he's yeah, asking yeah, yeah. Yes. Ernie yeah. for a favor and yeah. trying to get this favor without really explaining what's going on. And the best excuse they can come up with was, well, it's it's rabid weasels. Rabid weasels. Yeah, so they have they have a bunch of small baggies that are all moving. It's still the body parts of the the cadaver, the activated cadaver that they've cut up. But yes, he says it's rabid weasels. He's like, what the fuck do you want me to do about that? Well, I'll go out and shoot them. Yeah. Like, yeah oh, they're too lit- rabid. He was ready to take that pistol and use it for God's work at well, that point. You can tell... Like he's been waiting on months for a situation he can use that thing. You can tell from then, like twenty minutes ago, he was drowning cats in the bathtub. Like that dude, <laughs> he's been busy all night long, and he was just looking for something new to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, rigor mortis to me—it's just boring. Give me something to shoot at. <laughs> and he finally, the slave driver, Bert, Bert, Bert. He's like, okay. I'll tell you. So they sit down, and you you have a cutaway back to everybody partying in the in the cemetery, cemetery yep. and it starts to rain, and they're running around, blah blah blah. And you come back, and you've had that time pass where Ernie's like, "Well, all right, I mean, you owe me one, but uh, yeah, I'll throw him in the cremation the incinerator. Incinerator, incinerator thing." And that's really where this movie takes off. They throw all the wiggly body part bags in the incinerator burn them and you have that very uh iconic shot of that green smoke zombie smoke coming, coming out, out of the, the smokestack smoke yeah. and as the Mix, rain yeah, mixes with the rain yeah, as the rain hits it that's when we start having the cemetery awaken which is if you think about it, it's a really cool shot too right of that rain coming down and actually seeing how it goes through the ground down in probably why they showed it twice down in third yes yeah they're like hey this is one of the best effects we got guys can you think we can run this twice okay yeah well let's do that it is it is fun too because when that rain it shows that rain like you know the camera pans down like it's going underground and they they show it they do that cut shot and then they show that one skeleton come out of the ground and just Opens its eyes. It's got that evil dead. It's like, like army of darkness kind of thing. Then they cut in with the the heavy metal music. And it's like, oh, it's on. And everyone's in the car trying to figure out what to do. And then you have all the dead people crawling out of the ground. And it's fantastic. Anarchy. It really is. Yes. It It is anarchy in a cemetery, right? Because they're, they're there to wreck shit. Also, we skipped over talking about how sweaty everyone was when they're in the cemetery. It had to have been at the so warehouse. hot, right? Yeah, it had to have been like middle of summer, right? I mean, like they didn't take the time to cut, wipe everybody down, put you know a little bit more makeup on them. They're just like, ah, just we got it. We don't have. We've got the, two weeks, guys. The, the punks Keep didn't shower, anyways. That was part of the costume at that point. That's true, because punk is a way of life, according yeah. to. Uh, you know, to the guy. That's why Brad's always so sweaty. That makes sense. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Brad, if you're listening, fuck you. <laughs> He's not listening. No. No, no one listens to this. <laughs> Except for uh, our friends in Germany. I was going to mention them later. Hesse, I've Hesse, got a note over here. 
Also, if you ever get yeah. bit by a zombie, don't use Campofanique. It's horse shit. They We're denied right. our request to be their sponsors. So We're off that train. If you ever get bit by a zombie, I suggest Arby's sauce. Or a good tussle. Can't be any worse than Campofanique because it's garbage. Take your Campofanique and throw it at the zombie. <laughs> it's better than you will get. Man, I hope we don't get sued. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they're not going to listen. No, they're not they turn us away in like ten seconds. So. <laughs> <laughs> the, the backup guy on the weekend was confident enough turning that one down. You're lost, bitches. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh shit! Um, <laughs> so they go. They burn the body. And all this. You have the the reanimated dead. You have trash get caught with the scene that we were talking about earlier. Also, uh, with her interview in that uh, Search of Darkness uh, documentary I was talking about, she said that where she comes back to life, like her, she's like kind of buried in the mud. She said that they dug a little hole and then she would like duck into it and they would pour the mud on her and she just had to hold her breath. And she was like, well, I couldn't hear action. I couldn't, you know, I didn't know what was going on. And she just had to kind of be like, okay, one, two, three. And then just come out of it. And she said, if you ever want to be terrified for your life, do that. You can't breathe. It's total darkness. You have weight on the back of your head. like, And all you hear in the background, right, is is action. And then you... She couldn't hear shit. You couldn't hear shit. She said she couldn't even hear action. She had to just count it out and go for it. That is... That's pure awesome acting right there. It that's, really That's is. a trooper. That and she was trooper. naked. Yes. Completely With her anti-Merkin. Uh, is that a thing? It it could be. It could be. Anti-Merkin. she didn't want to shave her bush? Yes. That is correct. That's why she had wore kind of a plate if you will, that the, uh, you know, special effects department had made for her to wear because she didn't feel comfortable, you know, doing a full on. What if it doesn't grow back? Yeah. Yeah. What if it she, doesn't grow back? It's like eyebrows. It's, I mean, at that point, <laughs> you never know. It's, it's dealer's choice. <laughs> also, after the, the, mud, Adam, you are. There. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's a key piece that was happening simultaneously that we haven't, talked about yet when they frank and freddie start feeling sick and yep. that's when we start getting uh i think that was the second or third off-screen vomit that adam was not pleased with oh yeah i forgot about the off-screen vomit show the puke <sighs> that is but, true you did have a problem with that i mean if you're gonna show the rest just show the puke at least some chunkies give me something yeah, don't hide it in shadow. You got a chunky. It's already rated R. Come Tim on, Robinson. it's true. I think if but you they, can show it a little bit. Well, did, yeah. Were you going somewhere with that, or just yeah? Okay, continue. That's, that's when they called the paramedics, and the paramedics showed up, and that's when they start piecing things together. They're like, "Well, you don't have blood pressure. There's no heart rate, and I can't feel a pulse." I also like that uh, after. Because they, they took the temperature, temperature and their room temperature yeah. and all that. And I like that both paramedics are like, let's go, let's go over here. And they like go in the background. They're talking for a minute. And they're like, yeah, I just, I just, 
Yeah, let's have a fucking powwow about this. And they kind of come back like, well, you guys are dead. It's like, that, that's it? That's it? Like, that's all you got for us? Yes, they're having a conversation when they were like, well, we're going to go call this in. And that is where the movie gets really fun. Because that's when you have the graveyard zombies and some of the punks that are dead attack, brutally attack the medics. And right after they eat some of their brains, one zombie reaches in, grabs the uh cb yeah, the cb, CB. send more paramedics lovely it is awesome i mean that is one of your your the first times you've seen a, an intellectual zombie if you will literally grab a you know the walkie and call it in also i think the very first use of a delivery service of of humans if you will yeah you had a uh, ASAP. It's ASAP now, right? Yeah. Uber Eats. That. Uber Eats. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the first Uber Eats. Send more paramedics. Yeah. I'm hungry. I would say that is the first Uber Eats. I mean, it's got to be. It totally is. Hmm. It's no Pizza Hut. It's not. Also, now I'm going to try and do Pizza Hut. Mm, that'll be worth it. Have you been eating my zombies? Try some Pizza Hut. It might... I'm going to have to work on that one. Actually, it would be uh, Pizza Hut, the official sponsor of Return of the Living Dead. Oh, no, that's way too legal. That is totally legal. Yeah. You want to get that. stuffed? That's true. Get some Pizza Hut stuffed crust. <laughs> Maybe add some cheese sticks. They'll make you feel alive. <laughs> I hate myself right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that happens. <laughs> and uh, I'm not deleting any of this. And then when they are trying to move Freddy, he starts talking about the rigor mortis and the pain that of dying. The makeup is really good in that scene. When he when they lift his shirt and you see his back, I mean he. Oh, I thought you were saying nipples. Well, I mean all over. It's not right? James Cameron. I mean it's all setting <laughs> in, right? So he's nipping hard. He's nipping in the. I wind. mean Bert was wearing the con. Jacket. The members only the members jacket. Only members jacket. Only jacket. Yeah. So, so to Aaron's point here too, like their their makeup at this point, like you know when when they are checked out by the paramedics and they are technically dead, this is just a realization of what you've seen throughout the makeup since they got knocked out at the very beginning. Like ever since they knocked open that canister, Frank and Freddie have. I mean, this is what. That's like five minutes into the movie, and now we're about thirty minutes into the movie. Yeah. Their their continuity makeup has been fantastic. Yeah. They have been progressively looking like throughout the scenes they're in. You may not realize why, but they are dead. And, and I, I and, don't, and they keep getting worse looking. Like the bags under their eyes, like in every scene, just gets a little more dense. That pale tone to their skin, yeah. just it does. It becomes pasty white by the time they're considered dead i don't know if it's intentional but i i said i were watching it especially when bert is sitting like between them and he's got his george hamilton tan yeah you can really see that sweet hair helmet oh man and that gold chain it's not real gold but that was one of those shots where it helped 
identify the difference. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but it really helped as a viewer. Like, uh, yeah, they're definitely fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to wide eye all of you until someone speaks. It, it showed a nice progression of how quickly everything acts. Yes. Is this when they drag them to the chapel? It is, yes, because at that point, all hell is broken loose, to your point earlier. They, they, they've got it and split because half of them are in the crematorium. You, you need a warehouse and half of them are in the crematorium. Yep. And they, they drag Freddy and uh, Frank. That, that's where we first see you guys' favorite character. Man, I love Tarman so much. Tarman with Miguel. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> 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 Tar Tarban has 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 grown so much over the years, right? If there's one character from this entire series that has, you know, just gained that notoriety, it is Tarman. Yeah, he's an iconic zombie figure. Absolutely. And he talks too. Like you haven't really seen zombies really talk until this movie. Also that tongue wagging. Oh. I that, like how I like how he says brains with his tongue out wagging around. Yes. Like and, a dog in heat. In his jaw, yeah, it's almost like he does. He barks out. Yeah. Well, and then, and even when Tina like locks herself into the the little that closet, that locker that's an entire apartment, and and Tar Man like wraps the chain around the thing and puts it on the pulley and starts cranking. It's like we have a smart zombie. I just. It's just not something you see in a traditional zombie film. No, man. I mean, that zombie really wanted that dinner, and he was going to work for it. <laughs> and it's more terrifying that way. You you can't just board up the windows and be quiet, and they're going to hear a, a backfire of a car and wander off. Literally, there's no escape. They know you're there, and they're going to yell. It, and I said it during the movie, it, the Vincent Price, Last Man on Earth. Have you guys ever seen that? The like original movie based on the book all right we're gonna have a real quick runoff so it's it's only like an hour long but the world is now pretty much vampires vincent price is the last man on earth and he fortifies his house and all this but every night they come out the vampires come out and they'll go up to the house and it's boarded up it's got the the lights and stuff on it the barbed wire but they're just like hey I don't remember the character's name, so let's just go with uh, Frederick. Frederick, come out. Frederick, come on. And he's just got to sit in there and fucking endure it every night. And that that's what this reminded me of as far as them, the the zombies being, it hurts. Like, God, help me. They're, they're pleading because they're in pain. And, I mean, I can't think of another zombie film that's done that. No, no, I don't, I don't think there, I really don't think there has been. I think the brains has been their sole driving, you know, thing in this movie that no one else has actually really touched or done. They didn't have any souls. They really didn't. They didn't. They didn't. They had no souls and they hurt so bad, (laughs) right? They hurt so bad that they need those brains. They needed those goddamn brains. I have to eat those brains. I don't know. The the deadites in Army of Darkness that are just fucking hilarious. Uh, Yeah, okay. You I know, stand they're, corrected. They're they're not yeah, they're, they're not they're, zombies. They're not necessarily in pain, but they're you know, like they're not, your soul. But they're having a great <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Like, let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah. Well, and even, I mean, Deadites in general are, Ash, you killed me. I just wanted a hug. Like, yeah, they can flip my, you know, the, well, it's in, interesting though. In, in the Evil Dead films, they, there's no rules. And, and kind of in this movie, they shifted the rules. And and this was so early in the zombie genre where yeah th- this was uncharted territory so it kind of they didn't have they didn't have rules they didn't have like a a, a a master plan that they had to align to this was just fuck it let's just make zombies fun yeah you know oh, it's yeah. like and, and how can we make zombies fun the, I could see the same way sitting in this meeting you know. How are we going to make this zombie cool? How are we going to make that zombie cool? Right. Is the same meeting of when we're we're filming Gremlins. All right, what's this Gremlin going to do? What's this Gremlin going to do? Yeah. We're just having fun with it, you know? It gets let's back put them in a bar. Yeah. Let's just do all these things. That's true. And Send more cops. What can yeah. yeah, what can we do with these zombies to give them, you know, drive, purpose, and uh, a little bit of everything else in between? Tip is, to tank, baby. And I mean, just look at the zombies in this movie. You have, you know, cadavers, you know, yellowish, orangish cadaver guy running naked. You have Tar Man who looks totally different. And then you have the undead coming out of the graves who are another different every walk of life, every yep. every version of uh, decay. De- yeah, yes. decomposition. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, that oh, first one looked like it was straight out of Army of Darkness. And what about the little tiny one? Did- <laughs> we're getting there oh, man. because before that we have in the chapel where they lock him up is called the Wee chapel of the dawn i don't know if that was a stab at romero for dawn of the dead or if it was just a goofy name for would, a chapel i would say it, that, i mean it would yeah. make sense that it had him just like poking romero it would make sense since they didn't like each other at that point but before we before we get to the only part of the movie we were around, they get little green, fine, pink hair girl that they attach to the gurney. Yeah, that the the half corpse, the, the half woman, and excellent special effects too. Oh, it looked great, and that's where you have them like talking to her, and she's like, "Ah, it's, I'm in pain. I'm, I can feel myself decomposing," and she kind of explains a little bit. Of what's going down. You would call it zombie exposition. That's true. Buck, yeah, you would. Yep. And that's also when <laughs> we have Ernie and uh what was the guy from the Warriors name? Miguel. 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 Say so we're gonna make a run for it. The f- the 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 fact that they got through that horde after everyone else gets eaten by like three of them is just a ode to their power of will. Absolutely. I mean, that's what a good, strong lead pipe will do for you. A lead and a prayer. Man, my grandma tells me that every time I talk to her. But Ernie goes around the back of the ambulance. And yes, he's, he's going up and he hears something because he's leaning into the ambulance and he closes the door and looks down and there's a zombie eating some brains, as they do. And he freaks out, shoots at it with his Ruger, and this thing pops up, but it doesn't really pop up because it only has about six inches of leg, and it it runs after him, and it's 
my favorite scene in this film. I think after we watched it the second time, all of you will agree. I have in my notes, I just have here, I said, he's got little legs. <laughs> and also, like, you can tell that they filmed that chase and they had to cut it because he fell. Yes. Like, he yes, slipped he in the grass. slipped in the grass. <laughs> yes, he totally did. Which, oh, my God, it was so fun. Like, I want to watch it again right now. I want that to be a, a, a GIF on my computer. I was going to say, how is that not, not meme-worthy? It, it's got to be out there somewhere. Uh <laughs> If nothing else, just look up little tiny zombie chasing Ernie. Yeah. It's got to be out there. When you're so excited to eat the next brain, you slip. <laughs> well, I don't. Did he have peg legs? Like, did he? Yeah. Have, I mean, it looked it, like it. It, it did. Yeah, it was just, like it was just bones leg. coming down, cut off right feet. above the knee. Yeah, right? It was, yeah, right above the knee. And right. I want to know it was it a little person or I a kid? I think it was a little person. It, it, it might have been a kid, but if it was a kid, it was a kid that didn't have feet. <laughs> <laughs> So if it was a little person, they didn't have feet either. I don't think they had feet. I mean, it I was it was stumps. Bust, I think that's why the stumps busted ass. <laughs> like prop props to the the actor on that, but fuck, that was hilarious. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> we did. We rewound it, and uh, I I, I want to cue it back. Up. I want to quote it because Adam says, "Rob, I." Almost never ask you to do this, but will you please rewind this part? <laughs> and we immediately watched it again oh, and so giggled good. like little ladies. And, uh, is this when Miguel and uh, Bert try and make a run for it in the cop car? Yes. Right after this? It, yeah. Yeah. And they, it is. I mean, they don't know how to drive through people. Yeah, and, and Miguel's name in the movie is Spider, but to me, he's just Miguel. Oh, my God. He's I've been saying Miguel. Miguel. He's, he's just Miguel. It's I just mean, Miguel. Yeah. I'm not racist. Yeah. It's Spider. and But I love when they like run into that wall. He's like, move your ass, honky, and pulls yeah. him out of the, the car. It's like, yeah, this is an 80s movie right here. We're going full honky. <laughs> and I think right after that, we have, we shoot back to the the very stoic Frank Yes, Who's, starting he's starting up the the incinerator. Yep, yep, because he is he's done. You know, he is out of the two. He is probably the strongest. You know, character out of the two because he's got faith and he shows it in in that shot. He we can said, go with that. It's very it is very poignant for him to set you know his wedding ring on that you know little piece of metal there and the then robot he, penis. Yeah, yeah. And he pulls out the the tray for him to hop on, and you can hear him, you can hear the sizzle from the you know the, the sound effect right of him pulling it out the sizzle and just his hands and he's like ah and then just hops on it and just pulls himself in. I did like how he he pushed himself in feet first, rookie mistake, and then always go head first. Reached out and pushed himself in and hit the butt I so mean, it would close. Yep, and anything oh, I've no. ever noticed, it's always been head first. Well, head first and then sex, and then after Frank. Self incinerates. We cut back to Bert. Who's in there? Bert, Tina, and Freddy. Spider. Freddie. Oh, Freddie's. Freddie's already. And we kind of skipped over Freddie getting uh, acid in the face from Ernie, and he's a blind zombie now. No, it wasn't Tina because Tina's up in the attic with Ernie. Yes. So Tina was, you know, tending to Freddie for a little bit, and then Freddie turned. I also like, and we talked about this when they put Frank. 
and Freddy in the Wee Chapel of the Dawn, Tina was like, I got to stay and, and tend to Freddy. They're like, all right, fuck you. And they just locked her in there. Yes. Like, they didn't even try and, no, come with us. He's, he's uh, no, no, no. like, all right, bitch. You, yep, you can die. Yeah, no, they straight boarded that fucking shit up. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that part. Probably for the really wrong reasons, but I loved it. Yes, then we, we cut over, and Bert is trying to call for help. And they, what, like, get two different transfers for him to get back to our wife beater, Colonel Glover. Colonel wakes up, <laughs> and he's like, oh, what is it? And he pulls out a pen and, or a, a notepad and a pencil, like so, what happened? Writes down. Okay, what happened after that? Writes down. Oh, and then they did what? Writes down after that. If I was on that phone, be like, motherfucker, help me. The shit's out. We're dying. But he's just like, oh yeah. And then and then what happened? Oh, where did you go after that? Where did yeah? Okay, all right. Well, at that point, they already they kind of already realized they're screwed because before they got transferred to the general, they call the cops. Like they just call it, they call 911. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh, I skipped over that. And as they're, they're like, hold on, I'm going to put you uh, on the phone with the, you know, commander on the scene or whatever it yeah. was. And they're going through it. No, we have it barricaded. What Everything's the hell's going be on fine. in there? Yeah. And, then, and they, then, then they call the number that's on the side of the canister. They finally, yeah. yeah. They, but when they're yeah, talking they, to the cops, to Ryan's they, point, they hear yeah. them, they hear all the cops just get demolished immediately. Yeah. Yep. The cops, and like, what are you guys like, doing uh, in there? Yeah, because he didn't. Yeah, because Bert's like, oh, I don't know. let's everybody else hear what's yeah, going he on. He holds They're up like, the receiver, well, guys. Yeah, which if you don't know what a receiver is, they used to have these old timey telephones where you had to hit these buttons that were the numbers, and you had to pick up this big block that looked like a robot dildo, double sided, and that's what they were talking into. You put your ear on one side and your that's mouth right. on the other. That's that's for all you longtime listeners. First Did time you just out there. come from Boston? What? A- yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Does she like Pepperidge Farm too? Oh my god, I love Pepperidge Farm. I'm just glad the penguin joined us. <laughs> Seriously, you guys ear like- on one side, mouth on the other. <laughs> you guys like that Boston Red Sox? Oh fuck me! Oh my god! And Colonel Glover is like, all right, I got you covered. Goes back to his sweet-ass armoire, puts in codes, and has a little conversation with... Uh, Ethel. Well, No, he tells Ethel, like, shut the he, fuck up, bitch. He's yep. still on the line with Bert, and he's telling Bert pretty much to just stay where you're well, at. Well, he says, stay there. Hang yep. tight. I'll take yep. care of this. Hang tight. But he goes to his computer right after that, and he calls... The Can guy we, in the yeah. massive... He does. He called... Yeah. He NORAD. Calls, yeah. 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 Pretty yeah. much right. Like, good God, the Delta Force was on this one. Yeah. I mean, they were ready for a launch. A quick launch. Not oh, a man. launch. I'm always ready for a quick launch, oh, buddy. man. I mean, I'll tell you what. They were, too. That's Two strokes. And they shoot a... Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It, I guess it wasn't a nuke, which is what I originally thought it was going to be. Because he said it only destroyed, like, what, 20 blocks? 20 square blocks. 20 square blocks? Like 20 square blocks. We're only going to have 4,000 casualties. It's we'll like a Moab. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Low, low in comparison, yeah, to the, uh, I mean, know, it's, the, the it's needs still, of the many outweigh the needs of the few. It still had a little bit of that mushroom cloud effect, though. Yeah. Well, you got to suck that oxygen up. That's very Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, I, I heard it when I, when I once I did it. 
he he calls his boss or whoever. He's like, "Oh, we got it. We got it covered. We you know we took care of it." And then you cut back to the twenty blocks, and it starts raining again. And we recycle a few shots because the best that budget ones. was fucking gone. So we have the rain coming down with dry that we bones, talked about earlier. Dry bones coming up from the, the uh, army darkness bones popping up. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> we see tar man again. Just, they're just hanging out. Yeah. That's that movie. That's that is. That I'm, is I'm, I'm, you the music. Yep. Do you want to party? You know, I mean that, that the soundtrack at the end of that movie is it sets it. I mean, I'm going to, you, you heard it about an hour ago. That's the song Aaron's talking about. This movie is endlessly rewatchable. Yeah. I mean, uh, put it back on. It's fine. I, you know, if, if run it back, we'll run it back. This, this is a, an annual watch. This is, this is definitely For one. Sure. If, if you're in, if you're just in a zombie mood, a light zombie mood, crank this some bitch on. It's this, so fun. Yep. I mean, really and truly, this has to be one of you know the top zombie summer movies, right? Because it takes really and place, truly, yeah, it takes place during the summer. They're all sweating their freaking asses off. They're right? What? Yeah, they're all sweating. Frickin'. Did you freaking sweating the freaking? Freaking asses like, off! Oh my god, they're sweating their freaking asses off. I'm sweating my freaking ass off over here. Yeah. Why are we doing this? We doing this thing. We, we doing this. Cool Adam, stuff. look what you fucking started. Oh my god! Yeah, the Pepperidge fam. Also, I think I'm going to. Damn it! <laughs> I think I'm going to find that shirt. I think I'm going to be Freddy for uh, Halloween this year, with the really thin uh, suspenders. Suspenders with the uh, Domo Arigato yellow shirt. Yeah, I'm going to get my yeah. ear pierced. Yeah, you have to have Good the call. yellow yeah. Domo shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like it. It's got to get an earring, too. It's got to be a gold hoop. Where the fuck were you two seconds ago? I just said that, man. Did you say that? I missed <laughs> the gold hoop. Fuck. Chris, hit him. Oh my God. <laughs> Shaboom. Thank you. What else? Aaron, you're the you're the deep trivia man on this. What else have we not talked about that is involved in this movie? I mean, we've, we've gone pretty deep as far as the lore and the evolution, all that stuff. You know, I... I I really think just just down to the punk roots. Really, Get the fuck out of here for this. I mean, it it, it really the soundtrack alone just makes <clears throat> this movie better. It really does. It makes this movie better, and it sets the tone for it. Concur. This is also the the first of a trilogy uh, of oh. the Return of the Living Dead films. Uh, the second one is actually. Uh, I think there's four. Is there four because yeah. you have the Rave of the. Right. Is it Rave of the yes, Dead? Yes, you are correct. Grave to the Grave. Grave to the Grave. Yeah, 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 something yeah. like that. The, yeah. sec- the second one's hard to find. Third one's pretty easy to find. The third one's easy to find. Uh, that was one of Trimark Pictures, you know, direct-to-video biggest hits, right? But the second one went out of print for a very long time. I've never seen it, so I'm until, glad you brought me a copy yeah, to watch. I've, I've seen until it, but Shout it's been Factory, Yeah, Shout yeah. Factory put it, you know, put God that DVD together. It was hard to find. Which, and we were talking about it before yeah. this. If you are familiar with the Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two, it's kind of in that vein where it's the same actors, the same basic story. Uh, is it the same sets and stuff as well, or is it? It's it's not. It it does shift that dynamic a little bit more. You get more of the neighborhood 
instead okay. of you know being stuck it's more in a rural. factory. Yes, you get more of that rural setting, and then you also have a little bit more of a comic relief character. Sound that, the soundtrack's not as well. nearly as good either. No, the soundtrack is. And not it's more campy, good. isn't it? Yeah. It's very campy. Yeah. yeah, they they did it tongue in cheek <clears throat> on purpose because it becomes self aware when James Karen and Tom Matthews' character, you know, are talking in that second film together. Like, have we been through this before? Oh, it is so self aware of what had happened previously. Interesting. Yeah, I need I need to watch that one. And then the third one, it starts off with a kid. I don't know if it's the same general. It's it's the guy and his girlfriend like going to the military base and like the general dad is like doing experiments on these like, yeah and she gets dead. infected she does and then she gets naked and gets all kinds of like glass shoved she gets her. naked oh yeah, yeah she does she does the you know body horror you know yeah it's the the pain story. makes me feel better and yes. she ends up just looking like something from Hellraiser at the end of it she said the pain actually subdues her wanting to eat her boyfriend yep yep great premise. Yay! Anything else we need to add to this uh, sweet ass podcast? Uh, just another like, dude, Clue Gallagher, bad motherfucker. Bert is uh, an asshole and a son of a bitch. God damn it! Wasn't that the? Yes. Yeah. There's nothing better than when you see Clue Gallagher in a horror movie. He is going to say, "God damn it!" at least thirty times. Oh, he is, or or son of a bitch, or son of. A bitch. We should have counted yeah. because. I had at least eight. That was uh, half no of his dialogue. Half of his dialogue yeah, was goddamn it. I think yes, yes. He's, Lots he's, of GD man. He's I also mean, yeah. He's also yeah. Jesse's dad in Nightmare on Elm Street too, and he just it's the same character. It, it totally so is. Yes, yes, because he uses GD. I think at least ten to fifteen times. God damn it, Jesse! Yeah, good donuts. <laughs> I bet you put cherry bombs in that damn yeah. freaking bird, didn't you? I bet you did. <laughs> you guys want a hamburger? Oh man. I also want to thank, before we, we finish this thing off, Cheetah Graphics. They did a bunch of uh, merch for us. They are in Bentonville. You can find them online. Kim's awesome. He yeah, will. Kim, Kim rules. You know Kim. Yep. Yeah. Check them out if you need anything as far as printing goes. They have been really good to me over the years. And if you need merchandise from any of this, buy it from me on my website. And I'll send it to you i don't know where i was going with that uh i also want to thank how how are they going to get it from you where can they get that where can they get it man it's like you guys know what i missed in that little segment that i just fucked up because i'm <laughs> fucking excited and i want to know where i can buy it go to robgilchristbooks.com i have a bunch of stuff coming up um adam is actually working on my logo for my production company right now we're gonna be doing a bunch of new stuff uh the saturn books are available everywhere Tides books are available everywhere. If you like reading with your eyeballs, go check those out. There will be audiobooks available for at least one of those soon. My short story, uh, narrated by the delightful Lauren Post, is on this website that you're listening to now, whatever you're listening to this podcast. It is called Dr. Nicholas Wright. Oh, man. I'm glad I pulled that out of my ass because I was about to have to look it up. It's your own fucking story. Man, I write so much shit, I can't remember anything. You totally cold. You you did. You pulled that out. Cold? Cold. You done cold that one out, do you? It's cold. It's cold. I also, again, we've mentioned this multiple times. I don't know why, but I'm glad. Hessen, Germany is like 5% of our listeners. Thank you. 
even if you're just pirating this shit and sending it to somewhere else, continue. Thank you in Deutschland. We're fine with it. Deutschland. Deutschland. Uh, anybody else we need to talk about? Oh, yeah. Campofanique. Go fuck yourself. Uh, Pizza Hut. Stuff crust is delicious, and if you order an eight-piece wing with it, it is a delightful treat, and if you eat all of it, you will sleep like a baby. And ladies and gentlemen, if you ever come across a random canister with a 1-800 number on the side of it, just leave it be. Chug Walk it. away. As, as I'm saying dumb shit, anyone else want to add anything that we're missing here? Adam is looking like David right now, like, I'm fucking done with this. <laughs> All I can think of is uh, listen to more talking with words. And I think, I really think the only thing that would have made this better, Ryan, is a Skeletron. Goddamn right. Thank you for listening. Talking with words. We're everywhere. Tell your friends. We are, we're getting bigger and better, baby. And I don't know, some random thought. Charlie, make me stop talking. Are we recording?